I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. What is up, Skull King Nation? This is Greg Talcott coming to you uh, here during training camp. Uh, with everything just getting started, we thought we would go around the league uh, pretty much every day and uh, generally cover two teams, uh, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, uh, just kind of going down uh, by division. Uh, looking at those teams, uh, both what their prospects are for, for the year, um, and also uh, how some key players from their roster uh, may fare uh, this season and what uh, fantasy football players should be looking for uh, draft-wise uh, as it pertains to these, uh, these players. So uh, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the, uh, the AFC North to start, and we'll uh, talk about the Baltimore Ravens. It's a real clever process I'm using, which is alphabetical order, um, which within each division. So that's how we're starting with Baltimore. Uh, it's not uh, have anything to do with a massive fan base. Um, so uh, for the Ravens, looking at them, I don't really see much changing this year from last year, to be honest. And I actually have them finishing eight and eight. Um, or, or anywhere around there, uh, seven and nine, nine and seven. Um, I don't see them winning 10, 10 games. Um, I could see them winning though, uh, potentially only six. Uh, reason being is they're, they're still a solid defense, uh, but uh, offensively, they really did nothing to improve themselves. Uh, adding Jeremy Macklin um, at this stage in his career when your quarterback is Joe Flacco is only going to produce so much as far as results are concerned. And on uh, the draft, they focused principally on defense and, and took no skill players. So you don't see anything really changing uh, offensively uh, for the Ravens to give them uh, a great outlook this year. I think the Ravens remain a top 10 defense, uh, probably more like maybe even top eight. Uh, defense. So I think from a fantasy perspective, the most realistic uh, best chance you have at weekly contributions is actually the Ravens defense once we get into this roster. Um, I think before today, uh, some people would have had Kenneth Dixon as a potential uh, running back too. And um, just for note, you know, I'm always talking from a PPR perspective in these leagues. I really don't talk about standard at all. Uh, so this is just a PPR format that, uh, that I'm talking about right here. Um, but most people, I think, coming into today would have had uh, Kenneth Dixon as a potential running back too. Um, you know, certainly coming back off of a four-game suspension at the start of the year, uh, you would have had to have an adequate replacement uh, to 
start, and so Danny Woodhead would have made a nice handcuff. Well, as it turns out, Ken Dixon isn't coming back after those four games because he had knee surgery. His knee, his meniscus, um, is going to keep him out uh, for the season. Uh, so he'll be serving those four games if he plays next year. Uh, that leaves you now with Terrence West, who certainly is um, going to be getting uh, quite a bit of action uh, with, with Dixon out. Um, but Terrence West is not a great running back. Um, he's barely a threat if you're lucky um, to hit 1,000 yards. I mean, he would have way overperformed anything up to this point in his career uh, if he hits 1,000 yards. He's not a guy who's going to get a ton of balls uh, or a ton of touchdowns. Just think about this team and the number of opportunities he's even going to get. I mean, I think in the PPR format, Danny Woodhead is the best option at running back. And if you're going to take somebody in the draft, you would take Woodhead. I don't see maybe, I mean, taking Terrence West for depth um, as a, maybe a fourth running back, I could see. Um, but I think Danny Woodhead is the one who has the most ability to contribute for a fantasy owner um, this season. The rest of their backfield, uh, you know, really is not impressive. Uh, and, and from West's perspective, he could lose carries on the goal line to Talaferro, who's, you know, about the, they're basically the same size guy. Talaferro, a little bit taller guy, coming about the same weight. But uh, maybe he gets goal line carries, and that, that further reduces um, Woodhead's potential. Wide receiver-wise, um, at best, you got a wide receiver four in, in Mike Wallace. And I, realistically, he should be bench depth, um, not every week starting material. Uh, part of that is a result of his inconsistency and inability to produce. Another part of that would just be who he's playing with, a quarterback, and that's Joe Flacco. Um, so you cannot expect a ton um, you know, out of, uh, out of Wallace, and I think the addition of Macklin is only going to trim into what were his relatively mediocre stats last year. Um, Macklin, uh, I think, does have you know, some potential. Also, yeah, two guys at, at best are going to be a wide receiver four. They're not going to crack the number three level, and again, they're best served from a depth perspective on your bench. In a lot of leagues, maybe these guys don't even get drafted. Maybe one gets drafted. Uh, I think people would probably take Wallace first, but there is nothing in that passing game that is really encouraging from uh, both a Ravens fan perspective, let alone a fantasy football perspective. Um, and that gets us to um, the quarterback and an award that I'm going to be initiating today, uh, which we're going to try to give um, to each team as we go through these reviews. I don't know if it's actually going to be possible that, to, to find a player that always meets the criteria, but what we're looking for is a player who holds a key position on a team, so a starter, um, a position of value like quarterback, and that person may or may not be overpaid. Um, in this case, Joe Flacco meets those qualifications. Now, Joe does have Super Bowl success, but from a statistical standpoint, Joe has not set the world on fire. And from a fantasy football standpoint, that's really what matters for the purposes of this show. So getting the award for the Lena Dunham least desirable person to take in your fantasy football draft from the Baltimore Ravens is Joe Flacco. When I say least desirable being Lena Dunham, imagine you could take any beautiful actress you wanted to to a Caribbean island for a romantic weekend. Who would you choose? I don't know what your tastes are, and I don't want to presume. But let me assume this. It's not going to be Lena Dunham, at least if you possess eyes and or ears. So Lena Dunham is our least desirable player to draft from a fantasy football perspective, Joe Flacco being the winner of the Lena Dunham Award. In Joe's miserable career, he has had just two seasons 
where he produced more than 25 touchdowns in a season with a career high of 27. Yet, he has five seasons under 20 touchdowns, three of those being in the teens. Now, somebody's going to say, wait, Greg, one of those seasons he was injured. Yeah, but if you really map it out, he would have still gotten to like 20, maybe 21 if we're being generous. So either way, horrible, horrible production um, offensively from Flacco. And you can't expect at this point in his career, it's suddenly going to click, right? So not a lot of great options fantasy football wise on our first team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, though if um, Tim White from ASU does happen to make that team, Look at him as somebody who, not necessarily from a fantasy football perspective, but from a fan perspective, could be an exciting player. Um, he's a lot faster uh, in the games and looks a lot better in games and in tape uh, against quality opponents uh, than he necessarily did uh, at his pro day. So don't know if he's going to make the team or not. Um, he wasn't drafted, but if he does, I think that could be one exciting player on the Ravens. Uh, moving on now to the NFC North, and we're going to talk about my formerly favorite team, the Chicago Bears. So many of you know my stance on the Bears and uh, kind of how I feel uh, about the years of uh, mediocrity and uh, absolutely uh, the worst owners um, in professional football, some of the worst owners in, in professional sports. Uh, the Bears coming into this draft as I projected before the draft, we're going to do something stupid to get Mitch Trubisky and draft Mitch Trubisky, and they did. Um, they traded up for him, and I had a full-scale meltdown, which I'm still not completely recovered for, from. Uh, I will make a modest retraction. And not really a retraction, but I'm going to soften my stance a little bit. If we look at it from a trade perspective and what the Bears gave up to get Trubisky, which they just swapped and moved up one space. So really, overall, they gave up um, two-thirds and a fourth-round pick for Trubisky. That's really what they gave up, right? So even if he's terrible, he cost you two-thirds and a fourth. What did we give up for Jay Cutler? Well, we gave up two firsts, a third, and our starting quarterback in Kyle Orton. And we got Jay Cutler in a fifth round pick. And Jay Cutler was terrible. So no matter what, it's cheaper. It, it by no means sets the Bears back as much as the Cutler debacle uh, did, which they are now just beginning to uh, recover from. So slight, uh, you know, the trade is not as bad when you look at it on the, the total cost, especially when you consider historically the Bears make horrendous draft picks, regardless of the pick they have. So whatever picks they gave up, those guys probably would have sucked anyway. So, you know, we're, we're going to get over that one, right? Now, if we look at it compared to what the Rams had to give up to get Goff, uh, what the, the Eagles gave up to get Wentz, this is infinitely cheaper to get Trubisky. Now, that is the interesting thing. I defy anybody to watch these three players throw a football the way I have and not come to the same conclusion. If you watch Jared Goff throw a football, both in the games last year, or if you, you see him you know, just you know, work out combine type stuff, if you watch Wentz, um, they both have flaws in their mechanics. Goff has an elongated delivery, um, which is terrible. We won't get into his poise in the pocket, but just his delivery is, is not something that I, I 
think looks great. Um, and Wentz has an obvious hitch in his his delivery, which could cost him issues throughout his career as far as arm health goes. If you watch Trubisky throw the ball, he looks better than any of I mean, the other two guys, he looks the part. You're just watching a guy throw a football, Trubisky looks the part and looks like the better pick. Now, my knock on Trubisky he played for a school where football is a secondary sport in North Carolina. He wasn't good enough to unseat the guy who came before him, which is why he only started one season. And in that season, it was only good for North Carolina standards, which was like eight and five. Now, his touchdown to interception ratio, he was accurate, which is something that's important to the Bears coming out of the Cutler scenario that they were just in. But it's a stretch to say that that resume, that limited of a resume, is going to translate into wins in a division that has Aaron Rodgers. You know, um, as I've always said, you have to have the best quarterback in your division in order to win that division, have the best chance of winning that division. And winning the division is your best chance of ever winning a Super Bowl. And the Bears never have that quarterback. And how often do the Bears win the division? Incredibly rarely, right? So. I don't know that Trubisky's the guy. If they were a trade-up for somebody, I wish it would have been Watson because he was the only person that showed, um, you know, in reality, competing on the biggest stage against the best talent he could possibly complete against, compete against and winning and looking awesome while doing it, right? So the Bears, anyway, that's where we stand. Still pissed at the Bears. Uh, point this out, the number one selling jersey in the entire state of Illinois is nobody from the Bears. It's Tom Brady. Um, so... Hey, how does that feel, right? I mean, that, that can't, that can't, I'm not the only one, right? I mean, you can't even sell, like, it's not even like a Forte jersey or like some kind of throwback that was on like the clearance rack. It's Tom Brady, right? Who knew? So Bears this season, I see them, I'm being generous. I'm going seven and nine. I can see them winning three games. Yeah, that's fine. I think they're going to be a little bit better. Uh, I see them going seven and nine. Most of those wins coming in the second half. Um, I think your fantasy stud, bar none, Jordan Howard, he is a top 15 pick this year. There's no way he's out of the top 15 unless you are in a league of people who are just really slow upstairs. Um, PPR or, or not, Howard is just going to be the workhorse uh, for the Bears. Watching the way that guy ran last year, there is a lot to be hopeful for as far as his performance uh, and his abilities um, going forward. Granted, he's a Bears player. We've all learned in the past, don't judge on a small sample size. But nonetheless, he's worth taking within the top 15. Now, that does leave the room for disappointment if he does underperform. So that's a good year, but doesn't do as well as he did last year. Given changes you have, you know, quarterback and all this that, that's going on around him, um, you know, maybe there's a potential for disappointment. But I would go with Jordan Howard, top 15, pretty easy choice. Um, other viable draft candidate uh, is going to be Cameron Meredith, is, is I think a, a wide receiver three. Um, the Bears signed a bunch of guys in the offseason, uh, like a Kendall Wright, a Victor Cruz, right? But I, I'm not going to draft those guys. Those are waiver wire pickups. You're not going to take a flyer on them. Cameron Meredith is right now the guy who's most likely to be catching um, you know, any kind of passes uh, that are coming out of the hot arm of Beaker uh, to, to, to start the season. Um, and so uh, the Bears defensively maybe stream-worthy defense. Certainly nothing you're going to draft, you know, at all. I mean, I'm a big fan of just streaming defenses um, and not drafting one. Um, 
the Bears certainly would not even fall into contemplation for drafting, but they are a stream-worthy defense, especially depending on the matchup uh, that you have this season. Um, and that gets us to, um, you know, this is going to be the Indeed.com, um, you know, Job of the Week award. Uh, and this goes to uh, Mike Glennon, um, as, as I refer to him as Beaker, who is the only guy I know actually to sign a big contract this offseason, and he's still looking for work uh, because the Bears drafted Trubisky, the Bears plan on playing Trubisky, and I would say that the over-under on Trubisky playing is the bye week. So the Bears have a week in, a bye in week um, eight, which the only way Glennon has a job after the bye week is if he has them in playoff contention, probably not going to happen, or nothing else, right? If they're not in playoff contention, let alone if he's been injured, I think you are going to see Trubisky play the second half of the season. I think he's going to get the baptism by fire with Green Bay right out of the gate. Glennon's going to get a game against Green Bay. Trubisky's going to get a game against Green Bay. It might be his first start. It might be a tough first start. But I think Trubisky plays the second half of the season for the Bears. I think most of their wins come in the second half. That's how I have them going 7-9. and nine. Not saying I'm a Trubisky believer. I'm just saying there is a slight chance that he could be better than Cade McNown. Um, it's a slight chance. Um, but Bear fans, you know, we could be seeing this repeat of this process and drafting more quarterbacks again in the future. So, you know, uh, that's basically all I got today, guys. Um, you know, if uh, you have questions, if you're watching this, feel free to type them in uh, or just send them to us. I'd be happy to address those uh, whenever I do uh, the broadcast um, you know, the next day. And every opinion in here uh, is mine. This is not like the entire staff got behind my picks. These are just kind of my thoughts. Um, so, you know, if, if, if I'm wrong, you know, don't blame Ryan. Um, you know, if I'm right, please give Ryan credit. Um, for for having me on the staff, um, you know, and otherwise, uh, I'll check you guys out tomorrow. Have a good one. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. devotion isn't a once a year occasion and once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared you'll still want them to know how much you care dare to give a gift that lasts this valentine's day with our incredible selection of jewelry from delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds jared has hundreds of pieces under 299 dollars and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. 
Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.